Come on, we all know this one. Hey, remember this one? This was a mean song. I remember when this first came out, man. And I wasn't in God then, but I could hear the positivity through it, you know? And it was saying, lean on me. When you're not strong, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, look, we know I'm not the singer. We all know I'm not the singer, hey. Hey, don't put me like that, Pastor Ryan. Hey, I'll bring out my electric boogaloo maybe, but that's about it. Hey, I just want to start off by saying welcome to seeing the church this morning. Um, man, I've got a new headset on. I really like it too because it's got two little things that hook over because you might know, some of you might know I got my ear bitten off when I was young. Uh, half my ear bitten off um, in town and the other one would never sit right. It would always sort of wonk around. So thank you for that, team. Awesome. Um, let's, hey, I'm going to get started. Eh? Uh, before I get started though, man, I just want to say anointed, bro. Absolutely anointed. And you know the thing about it is that singing is your gift, hey, and you've got a lot of ability, but it's your availability, bro, that brings it out, and your heart that actually brings it out, man. Like, awesome. Like, all you, all you guys are awesome, but I just was really focused on you tonight, today, bro, you know, and um, keep it up. Hey, keep it up. Awesome. Man, okay, so my message is uh, called Lean On Me. Might have guessed by the song. See what I did there, eh? Hey, see what I did, eh? Man, tricky, tricky, man. Well, I'm going to pray first, though. I've got to get rid of a bit of me. Otherwise, I'll just stand up here showing off. Hey, hey. Oh, everyone's praying and raising their hands. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, God. Lord, I just thank you, man. I thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. Your word, Lord God. Your word that you've downloaded, Lord, for this church, for this people, for this time, Lord God. Lord, you've grabbed every word from this and you've wrapped yourself around it and you're about to deliver it. Not through me, not through my strength, Lord God, but through your Holy Spirit. And you're going to pierce hearts, you're going to change, you're going to change people, Lord God. You're going to break chains and you're going to free people, Lord God. Man, free to be who you've called them to be, more than conquerors, more than enough, Father God. So Lord, we just thank you for your word of truth and we give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. And we all said you're good at that. Hey, I want to start off with a scripture. Yeah, good place to start. Good place to start, man. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. This is my, one of my daughter's favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So you don't lean on your own understanding. What God's saying there is lean on me. Lean into me. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know, man can be pretty clever. Hey, man can be pretty clever in his own strength. But there's so much that man doesn't know. You know what I mean? There's so much beyond our own abilities. So much beyond our own minds. Man, you know, I know some really clever people. Really clever people. Um, I'm probably one of them. Um, yet, yet, they try and be too clever. You know? They try and be too clever. You know, this is not a time to be limited by your own understanding. This is not a, not a time to be trying to work things out in your own mind. This is sometimes a time to put your mind aside. Because you know what your mind does? Your mind second guesses you sometimes. Your mind will talk you out of what the, you, you know the gut instinct you get. It's a Holy Spirit prompting. Sometimes your mind, if you think too much, will talk you out of it. So it's not a time to look to the world for strength. It's not even a time to look to, for ourselves. It's a time to look and trust in God. Job 8.14, man, I love Job. He always makes me feel better, hey? Always makes me feel better when I read Job. Um, and it says in 8.14, it talks about how people put 
confidence, their trust in something as fragile as a spider web. So their confidence hangs by a thread. They're leaning on a spider's web. Okay, so what's a spider's web? Okay, so what happens when, when, when you get sick and the doctor says, man, hard luck. All we can do for you is make you comfortable. Get yourself things in order. Where's the hope there? You know, in your own ability, then you're, you're at a dead end. In God's, though, in God's ability, unlimited. I've seen healings in here happen that are miraculous, absolutely outstanding. I saw, and I've used this before, but I've got to say it again. My mum, when she used to come to this church, rest in peace, Nana Jill, she used to sit right there. Yeah, you're in Nana Jill's seat. Um, no, nah, no, nah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, no, you're not. But she used to sit over there all the time, and one time we had a healing. And I remember the person stood up the front and said, look, there's a healing anointing. Now, an anointing is like a presence of God on, on something. And she said, there's a healing anointing. My mum had a, an artificial hip, so she had a hip replacement. And she'd been to the doctors three weeks before, and it had a big crack in it. And they said, oh, when they x-rayed it, they said, look, it's got a massive crack. We're going to have to do it again. Now, my mum was like 70 years old. She really didn't want to get another hip replacement. So she's sitting there, and she said, oh, because of, the, because of my hip, I didn't want to come up the front. Hey, and you were saying it before, bro, it doesn't matter where you are, man. God will touch you if you're, if you're engaged. If you're engaged, God will touch you. She's sitting there, so she didn't come up the front. But she felt her hip go all warm. She felt it go really warm. And then she said that later on that day, she said she started moving on it, on it better. Anyway, a week later, she had to go back to the doctors, and she gets there, and they pull out the x-ray, and they can't find the crack. <laughs> now... I'm not even going to try to work out how God heals things that aren't even like a part of your body. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. And I didn't really care. God did it. You know, and we were grateful. And this is in this very house, just sitting there, minding your own business, hey, but engaged in God, engaged in God and expecting God to do good things. Yeah, so now, man, you know, and when you think about it, it's time to trust in God. You know, I don't want to get into conspiracies and that, conspiracies and that, but I don't, you know, the system's not a good thing to trust in sometimes. Not a good thing. You know, I mean, you only have to look at mental health at the moment. We haven't got the answer for that. We haven't got the answer for that. Because it's a part of the problem. Drug addiction, man. You know, drug addiction is massive. But same with farmer. Big farmer's just as bad. He'll push pills down your throat as fast as he can get them in you. You know, man-made junkies created. Um, anxiety. Hey, a lot of anxiousness. People get really anxious these days. And they get worked up. And uh, Funny, because Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. A book written over 2,000 years ago talks about anxiety, talks about not being anxious. You know, uh, I, I won't get into it anyway. All I'm going to say now is that, you know, oh, I'm oh, sorry, is, is that restoration. God makes all things new. God can take you when you feel like nothing and turn you into something in the blink of an eye. He can change how you see yourself. He can change then how you, how you act, you know, and how things come out. But I'm going to start off with a little testimony. I've got two testimonies in this, um, in this message, and hopefully they tie in. Um, my first one is about a homeless fella. And many of you that know me know I love the homeless man. I don't know what it is. I just And I get opportunities because I work in Wellington, so I'm walking up and down Courtney Place all the time. So I, I get to know a lot of people. Oh, first of all, did you know that testimony? Hey, I read this in the notice. Means, in Hebrew, means do it again. Do it again. So I give a testimony because it can be done again. Because like you said, everyone's special. 
If God will do it for me, he'll do it for you. If God will do something for, for you, he'll do it for me. That's how good he is. So this is a testimony. So I met this homeless fella, and his name's Kuro, and he's in his 60s. He's a Maori fella, um, ex-gang member, covered in tattoos and that, and he's got one eye. He's got one eye. One eye's completely gone. You're missing it. It's, it's closed. And anyway, I would see him on the street. I'd be walking down the street, and I'd see him, and there was something about him that just would draw me to him. I always felt drawn to him, but, but it was always the wrong time. Who knows there's this timing for things? Just because you want to say something, just because you want to do something, doesn't mean it's the right timing. Man, the world's full of good intentions gone bad. Hey? You know, so it's all about timing, discerning a time. So I just kept seeing him and seeing him, and, he's joined, and then one day I just went past, and he was just by himself playing his guitar. And so I went over to him, and I approached him, and I started chatting with him. And um, he goes to me, uh, oh, hey, bro. And I was chatting away, chatting away. And he, he says, I said, oh, what's your name? He goes, Kuro. I said, oh, I see you on here. The last week and two, I've been walking past, and I see you heaps. And uh, he goes, yeah, bro, yeah, this is my home. You know, the street is my home. I said, oh, yeah, cool. You know, we just start chatting. And then um, we just started talking, and he started mentioning his past, and he started talking about a whole lot of different things. And anyway, one thing led to another. And then he said to me, yeah, I've, I've got to go to the doctor, though. I've got a lump on my throat. I've got a lump there. And I said to him, oh, oh is that right? What did the doctor say? He goes, oh, I don't know. You know, they don't know. I've been going for a little while. So I said to him, do you mind if I pray for you? Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? What's the worst he can say? No. I said, no. He goes to me, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I said, oh, awesome, bro. I said, I want to pray for healing for you. As I went to touch his neck, God gave me a word for him. And man, I just, I went to touch him and then I went, oh, hey, bro. I said, um, before I pray for you, can I do something? And he said, yeah. And I said, I've got a word for you. Now, the word that I got was that he was a rose growing out of concrete. Okay, now I stole that from Tupac. We all know that. Okay, but, but it was an in interview, in an interview that, that Tupac used one time. And I saw that in him, man, that he was a rose growing out of concrete. And the petals may be a little bit crisp at the end, and they might be a little bit discoloured. But at the end of the day, if a rose is growing out of concrete, you don't go, oh, look, it's got a funny petal. You go, damn, there's a rose growing out of concrete. I gave him that word, and then I said to him, bro, have you made peace with God? Because that's really what it comes down to, man. Like, I don't want to go to him, you know, oh, you sinner, have you, you need forgiveness. And that's all part of it. But the big part for me was, have you made peace with God? And he said to me, uh, oh, I used to, I used to go to church, and man, he started telling me about his childhood. So this is, this is the sort of things that you've got to see behind people like this. Easy just to walk past and go, oh, what are you doing? And he goes to me, bro, when I was young, he said, um, uh, sorry, before I was born, he said my mum was raped and um, had my sister. And the guy went to jail, and then when he came out, he raped her again and had him, okay? And then he got taken off his mum, and he got put in this family home who was supposedly godly, or, and they just treated him terrible. And he said, look in the newspaper. He goes, look me up in the newspaper. He said, they found me tied up like a dog when I was eight years old. I'm just like, holy heck. So all of a sudden, you start talking to this guy, you start seeing what's behind this. Anyway, I led him to the Lord. Beautiful prayer. In life, just be this is on Courtney Place, man. This is in Courtney Place, like nine o'clock at night. People just going past, and him and I just had the most beautiful moment, man. Most beautiful moment. I led him to the Lord, and he smiled, man. His eye lit up. His eye just lit up. 
it lit up, and he had the biggest smile on his face. And he said to me, thank you for that karakia, bro. Thank you for that. And I said, no problem, man. No problem. It's my, it's, it's, it's my honor, you know? Anyway, I said to him, I will be looking for you. Hey, I'll be keep, you know, I didn't want to say keeping an eye up. But, hey, hey, I'll mock him here. I'll mock him here, but not in front of him. Come on, guys. Not in front of him. Nah. He, he actually mocked himself. He goes to me. He goes, um, oh, actually, I'll tell you in a minute. So, so anyway, led him to the Lord, and I went home. Do you know something? I felt so good. I feel so good, man, because God's changed my life. God has absolutely blessed me beyond. I can't, even, I can't even comprehend how good God has been to me, you know? And I've been in some situations. So anyway, I said, I'll see you later on. Okay? So I see him, and over the last two weeks, I've just been bumping into him, bumping into him. And uh, get hold of this, man, get hold of this. So I see him. And he's with these other two homeless fellas, and, he's, and they, they yell out to me, hey, bro, hey, bro. And, he's, oh, and he goes, oh, thanks for the karakia. Oh, cool. So I come over, start chatting with him. He's so happy. He's so, and he goes to me, bro, bro. And I was like, oh, and he goes, bro, look. Look, bro, come over here, come over here. And I'm like, what's the matter? What's the...? Go over there, and he goes, look, bro, I've got a pallet. I've got a pallet, bro. I can sleep up off the concrete. Hey, I can sleep up off the concrete. I got a pallet. <laughs> Bro, that is mind blowing. That is the most grateful man I've ever met in my life. And he, how many of us can get excited and our face light up because we get a pallet, a piece of wood? Hey, how many of us can do that? Bro, he was just so happy. And then he goes like this he takes me into his little bedroom because what he's done is he's in a corner. He's in a corner and they're actually building there. It's like, you know how they, they board it all up when they're building on a construction site? He's in the corner and he's got his pallet and a little bed, and then he's put a trolley along there and a little bit of thing, and it almost makes a little room, you know? So he invited me into his room, and I go in there and that, and he goes, look, bro, I've got a pallet, and he sits on it, and he said, and look, the sun's shining, and he said, and it's on my good side, my eye, so I can see it, and because the other one was like that. <laughs> this is the thing. When I first came to God, the biggest thing that I learned was how, how I'd lost a simple appreciation for the simple things in life. You know, this generation, you know, you could jump on your head and ride a unicycle round, round and round and juggle at the same time, and that ain't going to spin anyone's wheels. You know, everyone's looking for this massive bit of excitement, but you just need to simplify it. God says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, where I'm living at the moment, I've got a big open fire out the back. Friday night, I've had it roaring roaring like that I had it roaring and just standing out the back just listening to music just wow this is so cool I never used to be able to do that my mind was always racing I was always looking for money I was always looking for drugs I was looking for noon I was always looking for a deal it was a 24-7 job but he was just so grateful and here's the next bit so I'm walking off so I said to him bro that's awesome bro like that man you're such a grateful fella and I said to him, look, I'm heading down here. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Is there anything you need? Now, this guy could have asked me for money. He could have asked me for food. He could have asked me for cigarettes. He could have asked me for anything. He's living on a pallet on the street. And he turns around and goes to me, no, no, bro, I'm all good. I'm all good. I don't need anything. At the end of the day, he needed an ear. He needed people to see that he's a man. He needed someone to acknowledge him. He needed to know that God loved him. He needed to know that 
It doesn't matter whether you're homeless or whether you're living in a, in a massive apartment. God loves you. Absolutely loves you. So I see Kuro all the time now. I see him all the time. Because like, I, I actually purposely walk down there on my lunch time sometimes just to catch up with him. And he's actually encouraging other people. That's the one thing. Oh, yeah, because that's the other thing too. He's not drunk. I've never seen him drink. I've never seen him drunk. He doesn't seem like he's on drugs, although who knows these days. Um, but he's just trying to help. And now DCM, which is Downtown City Mission, in town, they're trying to help him help other people, you know, which is awesome. They're not going to put $2.8 million into his account like the, like, to the mob account to help with the, 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 the addiction, but they are, going to, they are going to support him. And he's doing amazing work, man. He's the sort of man that, that knows everyone on the street. And it's really funny because all, all, all his mates, they know me as well. Like when I turn up, he's like, oh, oh yeah, hey, bro, yeah. So, so I just thought, you know, I wanted to share that story because it, 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 it touches with the next testimony. So the testimony there is that a man is so grateful, you know, and he didn't want silver or gold. You know, he wanted the Spirit of God. He wanted the Spirit of God. You know, he was grateful, eh? Grateful in that situation. Reminds me of Paul and Silas when they got put in jail. They got put in jail, and what did they do? They sang. They worshipped. Man, I don't know if you've been to jail. I mean, a lot of you look like you have. Um, some of you look like you should be. Um, nah, I'm only joking. I was talking to Elaine last week how much I love pumpkin soup, and I learned to love pumpkin soup in jail. And, and I love pump, the, love, the pumpkin soup was lovely, but I wouldn't sing about it. You know what I mean? Like, you've got you to be very grateful to be singing in situations like that. So the thing is, hey, God is in everything. God is in the good and the bad. He's in the up and the down, and it's up to us to discern what is right. Right, I'm going on to this next one. Okay, so I was in a church one day, and I was sitting there, and a guy got called up, and, and the preacher had a word for him. And they said, uh, you're going to get a house. God's got a house for you. And I remember sitting there, and it wasn't for me. But then again, the healing wasn't for mum. So I, was, so I jumped in on that word. <laughs> hey, it was funny last week, Peter Kumar was giving some words out, eh? And did you notice he didn't even think, hey? He didn't get his mind engaged, he just went bang, 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 bang. Hey. I was talking to a couple of friends of mine and they said, oh, I couldn't make, you know, trying to work the word out. The thing with the word is it'll fit. And if it doesn't, wait till it fits. Don't force it. Hey. Well, anyway... This word, and this is about six years ago, seven years ago, and this word was, you are, God has a house for you. And I remember sitting in the, in the service thinking, oh, I might get in on that. Has God got a house for me? And anyway, as I was leaving, I felt God say, yeah, I've got your house. Okay, cool. So anyway, forget all about it. Um, because just a little bit of background, you know, my wife and I, when we first got together, we had a whole lot of debt and a whole lot of kids, a uh, real bad combination uh, financially. So we were up against it. So when I first came in, we, you know, my wife and I got five kids, renting a house out here. We, we'd moved out from Taita and Nainai, and we moved over here. It was like paradise. Like, seriously, I walked out here and went, man, this is lovely. And it wasn't just the look, it was the feel of this place. And anyway, so we get out here and we're renting, and we're happy renting. Been renting all our lives, happy as Larry. 
and always had a really nice home. My wife always made our house homely and nice. It was always full of love. It was always full of fun, you know. And so the material thing never really bothered me. Um, and then one day, I was sitting at home. We had this beautiful house, man, that we were renting. An amazing section. It was huge. Huge enough to subdivide, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is what they decided to do. And they dropped this house so close to me that I could almost touch it out of my deck. You know what I mean? And um, that, to me, made me go, oh, man, I don't like that. I don't know. There was something. It might be prideful, but there was something about me going, I don't like the fact that someone can do that to me. You know, like that I could just be sitting here loving my home and then all of a sudden I've got no say, this house gets dropped there. So anyway, God reminded me. He said to me, I've got you a house. Oh, well, that's right. Can you give me the address? <laughs> a little bit lost at the moment. So I was like, we've got to get a house. We've got to get a house. Okay, so now we've been thinking along this line anyway about looking into getting a house. And... Um, the problem is my wife was looking to buy a long million mile, you know, million mansion mile when she was married to a thousandaire at the best, you know? So, so we were looking at all these houses that weren't right. They were going to get us in debt, you know? Like, it was, I, I would have, I, I didn't want to put any more pressure on me. How many know men sometimes we say yes to please, you know, please the family and we, we put ourselves under pressure. Hey, that's a word, guys, that's a word. You know, sometimes we've got to make, we discern. We've got to discern what the right thing to do. So I said to Bev, no, that's not the right house. Lovely house. But it's way too much. So anyway, we just, a couple of times and we got let down. So we had some opportunities and we missed them. And in hindsight, we were meant to miss them. Hey, you know, getting to what God's got for you isn't a straight road. Sometimes you're going to have to meet some challenges. Sometimes, sometimes some doors are going to close and sometimes some doors need to be kicked in. We've got to work out which is which. So anyway, we find this, this house. God said to me, I'm, I am giving you this house. Not the market, not your finances, not even the real estate. I'm giving you this house. Whoa. So I was like, cool. So we kept looking, kept looking. All of a sudden, I bumped into this person who's... Um, had a house that they were selling on behalf of their family. And she used to come to this church years ago. I was her youth pastor for 10 years, you know. Sounds like God at work, eh? I'm like, oh, so this sounds like God. So anyway, the opportunity come up and she said, oh, yeah, I've got it. We contacted her and said, yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah, we're here. We're selling a house. I said, oh, okay, then. We're keen. So Bev started talking with her. She said, yeah, I'm keen to do a private sale. Oh, even better. Excuse me. So, anyway, we sat there and said, okay, look, let's, what, what can we offer for this house? We, we really wanted this house, you know. Um, and I said, okay, let's just go in with the best offer we can. Let's just go as, what can we afford? What, what's not going to put us under pressure? But what, what's the top we will go for this? And, I, and we put the offer in. And she said to me, hey, that's actually right around what we're thinking. So I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God, you know, hey. She says, yeah, that's what we're thinking. Anyway, she rings me back. Well, she rings Bev back because Bev's doing all the, all the talking with him. And she said, oh, hey, I'm actually the executor of the will. It was my mother's house and I'm selling it. The lawyer says we have to go to auction and the real estate wants us to go to auction as well. 
doesn't sound like God, eh? You know, I'm just like, oh, there's a challenge, man. There's a challenge. Oh, no. So I thought, hey, I know, I know someone on the Carpety Coast that is one of the best realtor, award-winning auctioneers in the Carpety Coast named Nu Taramai. Hey, so I ring Nu Taramai up and I said, Nu, Nu, Nu. Bro, help me, brother. <laughs> hey, now, amazing, amazing, because you go to someone who knows the market, hey, knows the market. The thing is, this market is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, a realtor might be able to tell you what a house is worth, but won't be able to tell you what it'll go for. It could go for hundreds. I've heard stories, houses going for hundreds of $200,000 over the RV. Is it worth that money? Pro- probably not, but someone's prepared to pay for it. So anyway, I ring New up, and um, thank you, brother. You're a great help, great help, man. And I talked to New for like half an hour on the phone, and I was, it was almost like I was going for my realtor license myself. Um, and then New said to me, New started giving me these things called facts. Um, and the facts sounded negative. <laughs> hey, and so he started talking to me about just, you know, the market and things that are going on and going on and going on. Anyway, I must admit, Nui did say to me, hey, I'm just giving you the facts, you know, like I don't want to discourage or I don't want to take away from what God's doing, but I'll give you the facts. So I got off the phone, <coughs> excuse me, I got off the phone and I was like, hmm, yeah, like that, I felt like that. I got off the phone, and, I was like, ah. and then I was like, nah, I actually still feel positive about this, man. I actually still feel positive about this. Even though all the circumstances and all the facts and everything sound like they're against me. You know, who knows? Faith is not ignoring circumstances. It's seen beyond them. It's seen above them. It's seen them through God's eyes. Don't even get me started on my finances. My finances were a mess. Man, if I looked at my bank account, and this is what I'm saying, don't trust the world system, because if I looked at my bank account, my bank account was saying, Brownie, you're lucky you're not flatting with kuro. Mate. <laughs> You're trying to buy a house. <laughs> yeah. So I can't look at my circumstances. Anyway, I got off the phone from Brother New, and I've just felt so positive, man. I don't know why I felt really positive. And God said to me, said, mate, if it's me, you won't be able to work it out. If I'm doing this, then it's not going to be in any way you can work it, or I'll leave it to you, mate. How's that been going for the last 30 years? <laughs> okay, God, okay. Hey, who knows? Hey, sometimes we've got to not get in the way of God, man. That's something I've got to watch constantly. So anyway, I went to my wife and we start praying. And two days later, we get a phone call. And it's from the lady. And she said to me, I cannot get you off my heart. I cannot get you off my heart. She goes, I've been thinking about you, thinking about you, thinking about you. She said, I've just had a massive meeting with a lawyer. um, And I've told them and the real estate that we're going to stop the auction we're going to pull the house off the market and we're going to accept your offer. Man. Now that's, that's God. That is God, you know? And, and even when I was talking to Nu, Nu was like, that doesn't happen. Because I know for a fact, because Nu had said to me, they'll grab your offer and they'll start the auction at that. And I, wouldn't, I wasn't going a dollar over that. I, I seriously wasn't. She even came back to us and said, would you go 10 grand over? I said, No. Because I really felt like God had given me that number for a reason. You know, because 10 grand, I could have gone there, but I was like, no, no, we've got to stick at this. And we got the house, man. And so we're living up in Cuckoo Beach Road. 
We're part of the cuckoo crew. Hey, I've already self-appointed myself as sheriff. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the rounds, man. I'm doing the rounds. Anyway, we move into the house, and a week later, this lady from across the road comes out, waving out to me. I wave out to her. Kia ora, She comes over and starts chatting. She goes, oh, have you... You just moved in here. I said, yeah, yeah, we just bought the house. We're just moving in this week. Starts chatting away, starts chatting away. Next minute, she brings up God. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 he's good. He's good, yeah. Hey, he's all good. And then she goes to me, um, oh, my gosh. Um, are, you, are you in the Lord? Are you in the Lord? I'm like, yeah, man, I love God. And she goes, oh, my gosh. She goes, we've been praying. Since this house went on the market, we've been praying for, 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 for me. That's what I feel like. She is praying for me. This is how good God is. God's got strangers working on your behalf. God's got people you don't even know wanting good stuff for you. That's the first thing I noticed about this church when I come to this church. The first time that I got prayed for up here. And you've got to remember, this was all foreign for me, man. Like the church, church was, I hadn't been in a church in half my life, or all my life. And I remember when I left, thinking, these people don't even know me, but I could sincerely, genuinely feel they wanted good for me. They were praying like, like hard out, like, you know, like, and they didn't even know me. And it's the same with this lady. She's been, she, they've been praying for this house, for us. See how God works? Hey, see how he works? See, God was in the missed opportunities as well. You know what I mean? It was just up for me to read it. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You know, it says in Hebrews 11 that, that uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, hope for is like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, it'd be good if that happened. Faith is, that's happening. That's happening for me. That, that is happening. That's the difference between faith and hope. You know, I used to hope. Man, I hope I could change my life. I hope I could get off drugs. I hope I could do this. I hope I could do that. You know, faith was, it's happening. And see, it's a substance. See, faith is both present and future. See, faith is now and faith is, is the future. What it is, is it's the future in the now. I was living in that house before I moved out of my old house. I was living in that house. I, I was already working out what was happening in Cuckoo before I moved that house, yeah? Oh, yeah, I've rung the council. I'm on the board. I'm on the board, people. Nah, but here's the thing. We've got to start looking like, like that. Like, faith, see, if, sometimes if it's faith and it's God, it's going to look unlikely sometimes. It's going to look like maybe it's not happening. You know, if you look at, look at what we went through the house, maybe it's not happening. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It's about seeing past circumstances and believing what God said to you. All right. Finishing off. Whew. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. I love this scripture. It talks about a time. There's a time for everything. There was a time even for me to be out in the world and a time for me to be in church. There was a time. There was a time for me to be in God. God was working, working in the background. You know, when I first came to this church, there was, a, there was a woman's group here, and I met a lady, Tracy. Hey, Tracy Bat, well, Tracy Levy. And the first time that I met her, she showed me this notebook that she used to write down what the woman would pray for every week, and she flicked back a few weeks to me. And she'd been praying for me. I don't even know this lady. Didn't even know her, but she was praying for me. God is at work, whether we see it or not. Whether it's good or bad, God is working behind the scenes and God is making things happen, man. And now is the time to be sensing God. 
You know, I can talk all about God and I can tell people about God, but until you experience God, until you encounter him and he does something for you in your life and he turns up and he does something for you. And the thing is, he's hanging out to do something. So Ecclesiastes 3, it says there's a time for everything. I want to I focus on these two things here. It says time for everything. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. Hey. The problem is, these days, everyone wants to laugh and dance. Hey, God's in the tears as well. You know, like if I hadn't have gone through those missed opportunities, I wouldn't have got the house that I got. If I hadn't have gone through a few failings, because that wasn't the house for me. You know, it was the same with my path here. There's a time for everything, man. We just need to discern the time. And I'll tell you what time it is right now. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this. This is a time right now. This very second, this very minute, this is the time. At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Man, today is the day where you get closer to God. And God turns up and does something for you. Because you can't tell me that we all go through stuff, man. Every one of us. I remember at one stage, I was thinking to myself, man, I just can't wait till life's perfect. I can't wait till emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, every way I'm perfect. Well, you know, you, you might find that moment and enjoy it for 10 seconds. Hey, hey enjoy it for 10 Because here's the thing about God. God. God lifts you above stuff. He doesn't always rip you out of stuff or wipe it away. He gets you through stuff. He lifts you up above stuff. But sometimes we've still got to go through some stuff. Today is the day of salvation. Today, man, is the day of salvation. Man, this is what I feel. I feel like before the word that was brought before, surrender. Sometimes we just got to surrender, man. You know, I remember I used to stand here and I used to think everyone was, you know, like I, I, I didn't know. I wanted, it was like I wanted to hold on to stuff rather than let it go. Well, there's stuff that's time to let go. And there's time to hold on to stuff. It says in the word, when man was first created, it said God breathed life into him. The breath of life. God's still breathing, breathing life into people. God's still breathing life, bringing life back to people. Man, I was, I was walking dead before I became a Christian. Man, the, 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 the drugs and everything, even the drugs that they put me on to get off the drugs were bad. You know? You know what I mean? They chucked me, jump off, one thing, they chuck you on methadone, and it's just as bad. There's no freedom in it. No freedom. But then I came here, man, and I got set free. Set free like that. So this is what I want to pray for. The first thing I want to do is it's someone's moment. It's someone's moment, like it was mine. Right around, where's the tear stains? Oh, there. Man, I give my heart to the Lord in this church 25 years ago this October. Right here. Life changed. Life changed for me. Not only my life changed, my family's life changed. My children's life changed. My children's children's life has changed. Right here. Why? Because I discerned that it was the acceptable time. It was the right time to make peace with God. So what I'm going to do, man, I'm going to, let's, I'll get you to drop the lights a little bit if we can. We're just going to play some music. Man, if anyone wants to make peace with God, that's the first thing I want to do. Wait, there's more, but I just want to do this, okay? That if there is anyone. Can we just get everyone to stand, please? Want to stand up? Awesome.
You know, there's people here that have been trying it their own way, in their own strength. There's people that have been looking for change and they've been looking to the world system and there's no answers. And there's people who are getting discouraged from that. And God says, come to me, all you who are weary, who are tired, who need strength. That's what God says. So what I want to do is, as we have this altar call, I want people to come forward, okay, for, to make peace with God. But there's another thing I want to do. I believe people have had dreams, man, from God. And you feel like the facts are getting in the way. And I really feel like God wants to encourage people and he wants to breathe fresh life, fresh life into your dream. It might be from 10 years ago. You might think God's done. Oh, no, I've missed it. But it could still be alive. So those are the things that I want to pray for right now. And then if you want prayer for anything, just feel free to come up, okay? But just while the guys are jamming, let's just worship. Let's just worship all. Come on forward, man. Come forward. I, want to, I, really, want to, I really want us to pray for people today. really want to pray with people. So let's just... Uh, Let's just start worship. Hey, we'll just start worshiping, and in your own time, guys, come on up.